Ella Rutherford was out for a gentle ride on her young horse a few months ago when it all went pear-shaped. She reared, she bucked and she bolted. I didn't really have a chance, I don't think. <laughs> this particular horse, I've actually never fallen off. I've broken her in from day dot and She's throwing everything at me, but I've never fallen off her. But for Ella, who has already represented New Zealand in equestrian events, that fall has turned life upside down. She's only 18, but it's her fifth head injury. I knew that this concussion would affect me. My doctors, after my last one, told me not to ride again as the next head injury could be quite quite a big one. I'd like lost my vision in one eye. I'd had terrible, terrible nausea. I couldn't quite walk to, from my hospital bed to the door. I had to be wheelchaired everywhere. And it was sort of, yeah, it was quite scary. And my speech was really affected. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and today's detail takes another look at sport-related head injuries. Yesterday it was rugby and early-onset dementia. Today it's concussion. Ella Rutherford talks about the devastating decisions she's been forced to make, and we find out how her story links with this one. Danger time here for New Zealand's defence again. Cocaine goes down the bat for Allcroft. They transfer quickly, and it's back in the hands of Ward. And here's Cleo running, taken in a good tackle by Letty Ienga. And now Byrne has been prominent early with ball in hand. Numbers wide here for England. They've got an overlap, easy as you like, for Kildun. New Zealand absolutely stretched and England punishing. Head injuries sadly are becoming more and more prevalent as the game, especially with women, as the game becomes more professional and women are playing more, they're stronger and fitter than they've ever been and that means they hit harder. A few days ago, Ella posted a message on her Facebook page. It's taken her three months to open up about the terrible impact of her head injury. It was a difficult step for the Year 13 student, who has been working two jobs and planned to go on to do a business degree and become a professional rider. Oh, I've dreamed ever since I was a little girl of riding for a living, riding professionally, and I kind of always doubted myself until I was um, given the opportunity to ride for New Zealand as a part of the under-18 eventing team. And that just sort of lit my fire. I sort of was like, I'm going to give it my all. I don't really care what stands in the way. And so after that first time I rode for New Zealand, I was then selected again six months later and I actually captained the um, inter-school jumping team, which was a pretty pretty amazing experience. So all these amazing opportunities where I was able to represent New Zealand and travel overseas, sort of just, the more I did it, the more I wanted it. And mm. I wanted to just work hard and make it happen on a bigger scale each time. Can we talk about this latest concussion? It was quite a simple fall in a way according to your mum yeah it wasn't anything extreme I just had a fall off a young horse I went um underneath her because she was rearing and then bolted and I sort of fell underneath her and she went over top of me but 
um, I guess it wasn't as extreme as some other people have had, but I just had this incredibly big reaction, I guess. I was in hospital for, I think, two or three days. Were you taking part in an event? No, I wasn't actually. I was just having a really quiet ride at work um, before I started. The horse I was on is quite quite a difficult little young horse, so she just got had a bit of a moment and it all went pear-shaped from there, I guess. And when you fell, you fell on your head? I don't actually remember. I do remember falling underneath her. I sort of remember seeing her on top of me almost like I could see her tummy and then the next thing I remembered was her walking away from me about 100 metres away from me so the the adrenaline kicked in and I got up and I went and got her now I was a little bit frustrated so I actually got back on which probably wasn't the wisest idea because I had my whole left eye was white and I couldn't see but I was just so determined that I wasn't going to lose this battle. So I got back on her and one of my work colleagues actually found me riding off somewhere where I just wouldn't normally go. Like I think I was, I was just very lost and I didn't quite really understand what I was doing. So she was pretty amazing and told me to get off the horse. It was only after she was rushed to hospital about an hour later that Ella hit the wall. And then I started to fall asleep and mm. um, my headaches were excruciating. My vision wasn't great. I got put in a neck brace, actually, because um, they were really worried about my neck. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was quite a worrying process for me and for mum, I guess. And I just couldn't, they wouldn't let me move on the bed I was quite out of it. I didn't really know what was going on. So that was the biggest thing for me, I think. I knew that this this concussion could really, really affect me. And then you knew that you had to give up the thing that you are so passionate about. Yeah, I think, if I'm brutally honest, it took me probably two months. I was completely in denial. I thought don't have to sell my horses, I, I'll be on soon, it'll be totally fine, it'll, I'll have a couple of weeks off school and then I'll be back at work, I'll be back at school and I'll be on a horse in, in no time. Um, and then it did start to dawn on me that I can't get out of bed some days, I can't actually go and feed my horses, let alone ride them. Mm. <laughs> I can't have conversations with people. I can't go to school or work. I have, I'm like a ticking time bomb. I sort of can be in a public situation for 10, 20 minutes and then I'm, I'm done. I have to sit down. I have to remove myself. Yeah, I've, I did start to realise that maybe this was going to take me quite a while to get better. For me, I just didn't want to admit that there was a chance I would have to sell my horses and take a break from riding. I just felt that if I admitted it, it would really happen. Um, But it came to the conclusion for me that I'm 18, 
and I can barely make it to my school graduation. I feel like I'm 10 again. I feel like I just need mum and dad all the time. This is my fifth pretty bad concussion that has ended me in hospital. So obviously the research around concussion does show that the more you have, subsequent concussions do have bigger impacts each time. My last concussion was um, still quite bad. It took me maybe two years to be 100% recovered. And um, obviously this one's a lot worse, so I can see that it is getting worse. Mm. I also have um, fibromyalgia, which means I haven't, like, I can't quite recover like other people can. But, yeah, it's mainly just that subsequent concussions sort of affect you more and more each time. And that sort of made me realise that I really shouldn't be like this Mm. and I don't want to live like this. And unfortunately, you only get one brain and I can't replace it. We'll hear more about when or if Ella will ever get back on a horse. But let's look at some numbers on concussion in sport. Rugby leads the way in ACC claims for concussion. In 2019, there were 2,643 players who made claims. The next highest sport for head injuries was football with 723 claims. There's no breakdown on genders, but studies already show concussion affects women and girls differently. Brooker falls off the tackle, Letty Yanger comes back at her. And now Infante or Brooker's down in back play for New Zealand and doesn't look good. Woodman has to scoot across, had to play at it. Just went in awkwardly on that last tackle. And these games between the Black Ferns and the Red Roses are feeding into ongoing research. Well, New Zealand held out and held out. Via the players' mouthguards. Here's Newsroom's locker room editor, Suzanne McFadden. So it's a world rugby study into head impacts. And it started off at the University of Otago uh, three years ago, where they tested more than 600 male and female rugby players aged from under 13 grade right through to NPC and FPC grade, so the the very top of New Zealand domestic rugby. And then, yeah, World Rugby picked up on it and has has broadened it so that now we have the Black Ferns and England's Red Roses wearing the mouth guards in their current series. Should we just take it back a bit further? What what are these mouth guards? They are specially made mouth guards. Each player had has had them moulded to their mouth. They're made in the States by a company called Prevent Biometrics and they have an impact monitoring system in them. So every time a player is in a collision, a tackle, uh, or they hit the ground, their head hits the ground, it monitors that movement. And what happens is they also video the game at the same time, or the training, whatever it is, and then they can time code it. So they can say, you know, at this moment, this number eight was in a head collision with this player from the other team. Or at this moment, the player took their mouth guard out and put it in their sock so that they know what the real collisions are or, or head impacts are. 
What do the mouth guards actually look like? They look like any other mouth guard. Apparently they're a bit bulkier, but inside them they have these intricate parts that are incredible really what they can do, measuring different movements in different direction. Is it like a chip? Yeah. And, and that is being monitored on a computer somewhere? Yeah. So Incredible. As the Black Ferns were playing in England the last two weekends, that information was going straight back to New Zealand in real time. So if somebody was sitting at their laptop at 3am in the morning, mm. they would have been able to see every head impact that all of those players were having. And what will they do with that information? Well, the, the real goal here is to try and reduce the number of concussions in rugby. And head injuries, sadly, are becoming more and more prevalent as the game, especially with women, as the game becomes more professional and women are playing more, they're stronger and fitter than they've ever been, and that means they hit harder. And it's happening more often. So what they've found with female rugby players they're twice as likely to suffer from a concussion than a male player. And there's plenty of ideas about why that is, but nothing concrete yet. That study continues. But looking at this, they'll at least be able to tell, is it because the players don't know how to fall properly when they're tackled, or are they going into tackles wrong? So... That was another thing that they've discovered, that girls generally now start playing rugby when they're at high school. So 14 or 15 years old, they'll start. Where boys have been playing since they're five or six. So they've learnt the rudimentary skills of tackling and falling, where it might be not so second nature for girls who are coming in at that time. So it may be a matter of teaching women how to tackle differently, how to fall differently, how to strengthen the neck muscles. Or the game is just too brutal and they might have to change, make it less of a contact game. I don't know if you can. No, I don't think that you can with rugby. Touch rugby is an example of a version that isn't so brutal, I guess. But the reason that players love playing rugby is making those tackles. And so I don't know that it can be made any less physical but we can perhaps make the players more ready for that physical nature of the game. Because I suppose you know with the history of concussion in male rugby players is it a case of let's get in now to avoid seeing what happens down the track? Yes definitely yeah we're going to see a huge rugby season next year here in New Zealand with the Super Rugby Opeki competition for women for the first time and then the Rugby World Cup here later in the year. The number of games that these women are playing, the number of trainings that they're going to is is increasing and so the likelihood of them having a head impact injury is higher too. Why do women have more concussions from men? Apart from the theory that perhaps they're not as experienced as at taking the tumbles, that kind of thing. Yeah, they think that also women's hormones might play a part in it. So when during their menstrual cycle they suffer the head injury, can have an effect on how serious it is and how long it takes them to recover because that's the other thing that they're discovering 
is that women take longer to recover from concussion than men. Another theory is that the nerve fibres in a woman's brain are much finer than men. I don't really understand much more about it than that, but they think that might be a factor too. Another thing they've found through this study is that women have more knowledge about concussion and they're much better at reporting incidents of head injuries than men. Why do you think that is? Maybe we are more conscientious about our health. The thing is, though, they've found that high school girls in New Zealand in this study who've had a head injury may not be as good as report, at reporting it because there aren't as many players in their team who can play. You get a concussion, you can be out from anywhere to three weeks to nine weeks, and those teams can't afford to lose players. So these girls, they're finding, are going back out onto the rugby field the next week because they don't want to let their team down. But also I wonder, because I'm interviewing this young woman, Ella, who's a horse rider, who's just put up this Facebook post saying that she's selling the horses, she can't ride anymore because she's had too many concussions. It must be also a case that if you're a very sporty, competitive person, you want to be on the field no matter what, or on the court no matter what. So... So you'll put up with that Mm. head injury. Both of our sons had concussions during their high school years. Uh, One of them was playing basketball at the time. And to keep him off the court, even for training, (laughs) was really hard because he just wanted to be back out there playing the sport he loved. But he also understood that if he did go and bounce the ball at lunchtime, he'd get a headache. And so he then knew he had to rest his brain. So can can this only be applied to rugby or can it um, relate, for example, to Ella? Yes, I think absolutely. Because, you know, the, the impact of a head hitting the ground or hitting a hard object being another person, what actually happens in your brain when that impact is made, you know, the movement of the brain against the skull absolutely can be used in any concussion situation. And we're seeing it in a lot more women's sport than just rugby. Netball, the increasing physicality has increased the number of concussions we're seeing in netball players, for goodness sake. You know, netball are very aware now that they have to change or at least be aware of when these head injuries happen and what they can do to make sure that the player is completely recovered before they go back out there and risks doing it again. So the University of Otago study that started three years ago, they're now at the point where they're going through all of that information that they've collected. So that's 40,000 impacts and over 400 hours of footage. So they're now going through that process of looking at every single impact and what effect it had on that player. And is it across a number of sports or just rugby? Just rugby, yeah, but across age groups from under 13 right through to 
what you'd call the senior elite athletes. And what's the aim of the study ultimately? The aim of the study is to prevent head injuries and reduce the number of them and also understand how long it takes for a male or a female player to recover and when is it safe to allow them to play again. So it's it's quite broad-ranging, but it's part of the whole world rugby movement to better player welfare. I think that's wonderful that what comes out of the study will hopefully be picked up by sports and recreation around the world. Back to Ella Rutherford now. Until a few months ago, her life was very full. Her days started early with a ride on her beloved horses. Then she was off to school, then to her after-school job, coaching, eventing. Then back to tend to her own horses in the evening. I love my horses and I know that it may be a little while before I can get back on if I can, and it's just sort of made me realise that they, you know, it's not fair on them to sit in a paddock for a year or two, so if I sell them, it will be the best thing for them as horses, but also it could be quite good for me, as I won't feel almost the pressure on myself to get back on, so it kind of occurred to me that if I didn't have them waiting, then maybe I might recover a little bit faster because I wouldn't be as stressed about them. So I sort of tried to flip it on its head and make it about them, (laughs) which made me a little bit more willing, I guess, to make that decision. But I still didn't want to make it, and I still... I don't regret it, but it wasn't really easy to admit that I need to take a break. So to... And not only to have to give up for a while my passion and my sport, it's almost like I sort of feel like my hopes and dreams have kind of caved in on me a little bit. (laughs) Everything everything I'd ever hoped I'd be able to do, I'm sort of being told that it's it's not going to happen, which I don't want to have. I'm not ruling it out 100%. I might be able to find another path or... Another way to get there might just take up a less dangerous form of horse riding, but <laughs> yeah, but that was. It, I think mm. that was the hardest part for me is that being told everything I've ever wanted in life might not be able to happen. It's taken me 18 years to realise, but you can pretty much replace most other organs, but you're stuck with your brain forever, so... You really need to look after it, and if you do have a head knock, it's important to sort of take that time to look after yourself, no matter what it takes. You might have to give up what you love for a short while, but in the long run, I guess it's just going to be so much better for your head and yourself and your well-being and your life. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded by NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Alexia Russell produced this episode. Jeremy Ansell engineered it. And thanks to Ella Rutherford and Suzanne McFadden.